You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Tonight is a directional message for this church. It's an important message because, as Paul said long after my departure, he told the church what he wanted. He said that grievous wolves would come in, but you're going to have to stand up against them. If the Lord tarries and I go home to be with the Lord, God lets me, he pulls the curtain back and I get to look at this place. I want this culture to continue that has been instituted here for 47 years. We've been talking a lot in the last year, speaking many times on this culture. I don't want to look down from heaven and see no Sunday night. I think of our culture, and culture is a mindset. It's a developed mindset through training. Whether it's the police department that show up here for a special day, you knew exactly how to respond to everything. You knew how to stand in line for almost an hour, shake hands with them. You knew how to uh, uh, treat them and stand and uh, give them a standing ovation. You, you just knew everything about it. You just know what to do. You know what's a pro- you, I watched you with your children. Your children were not giddy and immature. And children I know sometimes, you know how they are, but your kids were so great. That's a culture. A, a culture is something that's developed through training. It's behavior that, that resembles a particular group. It, it is characteris- characteristics uh, that, uh, of a person or an organization. I want this church to be a soul-winning church till Jesus comes again. I want it to be a separated church. I want it to be a stewardship church. I want it to be, uh, I want it to be a singing church. I think about this year so far, quickly, quickly, I can't go into all of it by way of introduction before we read the scripture, but I look at January 1st, Amen. a Sunday in which some pastors were considering, I, I wonder what do you do on January 1st? Do you have church? And most did not have Sunday night. I'm telling you, this place was packed Sunday morning, January 1st, and packed again Sunday night. That's the culture of this place. We go to church. I thank God for what took place with our bucket fellowships on Sunday night and buckets for buckets. And every Sunday night, it was just, there's a culture how to have, uh, I love my church, and the buckets this year, nearing $300,000 with the buckets, second grade boy, bu- boys, bus that route number 27, uh, the deacons, the ushers, the Sunday school teachers, the choir, everybody, uh, almost 300,000, that's, that's a culture. That, that's developed, and many of our churches are, are now uh, doing the same thing. I think of, um, Uh, of the soul winning clinic for three hours on a Saturday morning, nearly 700 people sitting in a gymnasium instructed about going soul winning after they worked all week long and and all fired up about it, all excited about it, all excited about passing tracks and winning the loss to Christ. 
I, I think about what followed the pastor's conference and worker's conference and how you labor and labored. And I, I have the letters, I have the emails, and I have the calls and the texts. The, the men and ladies were so overwhelmed with the church. What, what is it? It's a culture of serving others. I'm amazed when we have a bus wash, wash board at 40 vehicles, 6.45 a.m. It was still, it's still dark in the morning when we do that. And we wash the buses. And about an hour and 10 minutes later, everything is detailed inside. About 100 men come out every time, wash the buses. That's a culture. That's a culture. I, I think at college days, which was just second to none, that's a culture. I think of the President's Club, Last year, out of the clear blue, we, we were at in the 90s, people supporting the college $100 a month. And last year, just out of the clear blue, it went to 145. And I said, this year, let's go to 167. And we, we ended after just two weeks, 171. That's a culture. I want to give. I want to be part of it. I think it's uh, Saturday in the park. Uh, the Brignos, you mentioned to me how that on Friday night, you saw the U-Haul trucks coming in here. And I, we, the church didn't rent those, you did. Our church members did and college members did. And they rented U-Hauls and filled them up. You got your trucks filled up with sound systems and chairs and, and uh, various booths that you had and things that you had and eggs and all the different and the things and the service. That's a culture. You know, and it's a strange time right now. I just got to show up to that. I always, 100,000 door, I do it every single day for every single year, for decades, knock on doors, visit, give out tracks. And this year, I gave some out, but I wasn't out every day. I wasn't out because I was babysitting. You know the whole situation. And caring for that person that's so valuable in my heart. It's just been a different year. You can't say, well, I went look at Brother Trevor. Brother Trevor did nothing. I've prayed a lot. I've been alone a lot, and my wife's been alone, and we've been praying. I've been praying for Saturday and Sunday, and I got to see it and witness it, and have been in services. I know all that. But I tell you what, that, was, that wasn't because the pastor's got it all together. The pastor has people that are organized, and staff members, Brother Flood and Brother Reavers, and the staff and the, and the church family working together, seeing thousands upon thousands of people. That's a culture. It just didn't happen overnight. It's God's people. I think of Easter Sunday. Now, this morning, we saw what took place. And though I wasn't in John 20, there's a reason why I just gave you that. I want you to see John 20, verse number one. And quite frankly, I enjoyed reading the resurrection story a little bit more out of Matthew 28. I especially like that verse 6 in Matthew 28. He is not here. He's risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. But I want you to see verse 1 and then one other verse in time together of the culture of our church. I want you to see verse 1. The, what's the next two words? First day of the week. Cometh Mary Magdalene, what? When? It was early. When it was yet dark, it was real early. This is not evening, this is not midnight hour, this is early in the morning. Matthew says, now upon the first day of the week, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, 
came Mary Magdalene to the sepulcher. And it was early in the morning. I don't know about you, but I love the morning. I, I just love mornings. I never have to set an alarm clock. I could just get up. And it's always dark. And I love getting up and, and I grab myself a cup of coffee at the house. And I just read my Bible and pray and fellowship with God. I love the morning. I ponder my day and the things that are going to go on through the day. I enjoy the morning. You know it, I won't go through the whole poem, but I met God in the morning. When the day is, there's something about morning. And I like it, I see that sunrise begin to come over these hills. I love that sun coming up. And sometimes it's so orange. And it's just such a beautiful sun, sun, sunrise. And uh, then a bright yellow, and then a light is on the on us. I love the morning. I'm, I'm certain you do too. I don't have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. I don't bemoan the fact. I, I think, Lord, I, my whole heart's been pumping all night long. You took care of me. It's a new day. I love morning. I just love morning. And the Bible says in the morning, the Bible says uh, early in the morning, it was dark, came to the sepulcher, Mary Magdalene. The stone was taken away from the sepulcher. Now, wait a minute. I'm going to get to the verse I'm going. And pastor, friends, I love you, so I never want to be cruel to you. I'm glad the lady that's staying with my wife tonight showed up because I don't know if I could have taken another five minutes of her tonight. <laughs> that sweet lady is, she almost got on my nerves tonight. Bless her heart. She's been such a good camper. But she's trying to mend now through all this situation. And so she goes, I mean, what are you going to do? Watch TV? There's nothing to watch. She lays there, and it's really kind of a miserable experience for her right now. So I did something for her a few years ago. I bought her a phone that has internet. Dumbest decision I've ever done. Because she is on that thing answering text and emails and whatever they call. And she's so excited about what's going on in America and the churches. But here's why I had to almost leave. She's burned up. It's a stroke. You know how those Swansons can get. You're one. She said, I don't understand. I mean, this is right before Sister Jackie comes to stay with her tonight. I mean, she's, she's I don't understand. What in the world's going on here? And she's like preaching at me. You know what I'm talking about, Jose. You, you know what that's like at your house. But I'm talking about the fact, she's, I mean, she's letting me have it. She said, I mean, Jesus left heaven. He's God. He came down here. He had no place. I mean, she didn't go all, but no place to lay. He, he was here 33 years. Then, then, then he, here it is. She starts preaching. He, he went and he was scourged. He had a crown of thorns. 
They nailed him to a tree. He died. He went up to Calvary. They threw it in the hole. He's hanging on the cross. He died. They put him in a tomb. And, and, and then he rose from the dead. He did all that. And then we canceled Sunday night all over America. I said, I'm having church tonight. I'm out of here. I mean, it is, uh, you know, I know you men think, you young preachers and older preachers, I know you're doing it all for the family, but how could a loving God die for your sins and then you cancel his house on his day? I don't understand it. So, well, he's, he's on a new thing. No, we have had church here every Sunday night in 47 years but one, and I failed you and I told you that on one Christmas years ago, I canceled thinking I was helping the family, and I regret that one time in 47 years. We're going to church, and until I die, we're keeping the churches open, church open on Sunday night, Easter Sunday night. You had enough time to hunt eggs all afternoon. Had enough time to take a nap. But God's people so much the more as he see the day approaching need the house of God. Verse 1, it's morning. But there was an evening service. Turn with me to verse 19. And the, what's the next two words? Try it again. And the same day as what? Same day when it was dark in the morning. And the same day at evening of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled. Oh, oh, oh. They probably had, I'm not, I, I mean, did they have the Easter egg hunt? I don't know. But at evening, Brother Josh, it's very clear, it was evening. The same day, they were assembled. America is flying as fast and furious as possible into hell. Everything's about sin and vile living and nastiness and dirtiness. And our 387,000 churches in America closed their doors on Sunday night and Christmas night and Easter night. What are we thinking? This nation needs church. Look at that verse. And the same day at evening being the what day? So it's the first, same day, first day at evening. When the doors were shut, the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews came Jesus Ha-ha, they stood in the midst. I believe Jesus can show up on a Sunday night. He showed up on my ugly, dirty, filthy heart as a boy on a Sunday night. And he knocked at my door and said, Jack, get saved tonight. And old Jack was in church and got saved that night. You know, I, 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 I love Sunday night at North Valley. I love it. And the old little A-frame building, I loved it on Sunday night, the old A-frame building, I loved it. I, I loved it when we moved into that other building, the next building, enlarged it. I loved it. I loved it over here. I've always loved church. I, I can't, what would you do on Sunday night? Watch Disney so they could teach you cartoons how to be a transvestite? What would you do? What would you do on Sunday night? 
They assemble together. I love it. I grew up not far from here, Calvary Baptist Church. They've torn the buildings down. They've disbanded the church. Ah, such a great church. Dr. Ken Smith, his wife Marion, the best pastor I could have ever had. But I tell you, when I turned seventh grade, I tell you what it was. And I, I just loved it all. Never had a Sunday school room. We met in the roller skating rink. We met in the junior high school uh, between the tables, all of our classes. We, we never had anything nice like that because we didn't have enough building space a few blocks away. Met in Scammon Court. Pastor opened up his garage door to kindergarten. I went in there for kindergarten. I, it just, it's just the way it was. When I went to junior high, I had the joy of beginning junior high and senior high activities. So Sunday was this way. Sunday school, Sunday morning, rest home one, rest home two, over to the Trevor's house for lunch, back to church four or 4.30 for teen choir, and then after an hour, teen choir, youth hour, and after youth hour, church. And I tell you what, I loved it. I, I love Sunday. I'm glad my mother and dad brought me up at church. I, I'm glad, I'm glad I was at church. I, I mean, I'm talking about, we, you sing so many songs in this church, and I'm, I'm thinking, I remember singing that song at church. I remember that was Brother So-and-So's favorite song. I remember that so very well. Listen, not less church for your children. Paris, for about two years, we moved to Stockton, where Calvary Baptist Church there. I've told you this before, but Dr. John R. Siemens, what a sweet man. His wife, Gladys, big auditorium, and they, well, I thought it was big. It probably wasn't that big, but it seemed big. And at Sunday night, all the services of the day were over, and they dimmed the lights. And I'll never forget, Earl Call would stand over here, oh, it was on the other side, uh, by the post. There was a post and the organist. And Earl Carl Call would sing, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee when the shadows fall and come and darkness fall he giveth perfect peace it goes on and lights would come on pastor say god bless you let's have a good week that's a precious memory I can remember sitting next to my dad at the old Calvary Baptist Church in Fremont, and there was a farm right next to us about five feet away, and the cows had come. I'd get fascinated during the preacher sing, uh, preaching with those cows. I'd watch those cows, those cows would watch me. And it was just a wonderful experience at church. I know I got sidetracked, but what a memory to stand next to your mom and dad at church. I sit with the young people at church. Can you imagine how exciting it is on Easter Sunday morning? I can. I watched you come up here and you look so beautiful, you ladies, and just dressed so beautiful, and you men look so handsome. And the little children looked as, just as, as great as could be. Just amazing. And I watched you walking to church and walking in here and riding the shuttles in. And Sunday morning, the choir was packed and the orchestra this morning this place was packed, and people sang these songs, and my goodness. But that was the morning. 
What about the evening? So I don't, I wanted to take you back to Genesis 1. Beginning in verse 3. Evening and morning. I'm getting where I'm going about this evening stuff. Evening and morning were the first day. Verse 5. Evening and morning were the second day. Not morning and evening. Uh, verse 8. Evening and morning were the third day. The, the Bible goes on in verse number 13, verse number 19, verse 21, and verse 31. Six times in chapter 1. Evening, not morning, evening and morning. I'm coming to you tonight on the importance of evening. Not just for church, but for seven days a week, evening. I'm talking about the fact that that evening is a critical time. Uh, Jeremiah calls it, in fact, almost all the, 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 the writers of the Bible talk about even or even, even, evening. We have music called eventide music here during the dinner hour. Because I don't believe it's keep on the firing line. That's dinner time. You don't agitate people at dinner. Wind up people. Evening is a cooling down time. Just as the sun sets and the weather begins to cool at night, so we need to cool down a little bit at night. I want to talk to you about for this for a few moments today. Jeremiah calls it the shadows of evening. And tonight we have lost in our homes, we've absolutely lost in our churches. I already have some of you shut the internet off so they're gone because they don't believe that you you're hurting the church. You're hurting the families. You make them go to church. I believe this is helping the families. I believe everything we do is try to help the families around here, help the individuals, help the widows, the widowers. But what do you do at evening? I want to speak to you about this evening. And I know our class, you were out 60, 70 people last Monday night knocking on doors and the kids came and, and, uh, and uh, they had an activity and someone went with their parents door knocking and I know, I know something's happened. But if you look at this generally, we don't run you every night of the week. The next time I'll probably see you is for Brother Cooper. Where'd you, I'm, I'm looking all over here, Brother Cooper. I lost you. Right, right over here. Uh, I, I, about an hour and five. You can preach longer if you want. But the service, two specials, announcements, offering, invitation, message. About an hour and five minutes. And take longer if you'd like. I love Wednesday night. But we're out of here at 7.35, 7.40. You can have the kids almost in bed by 8 o'clock. And the school doesn't begin to 9 o'clock on Thursday. Oh, that church wears me out. One night a week? Well, what about Sunday? Well, that's God's day too. What are you going to do all those other nights? But not only is there a culture of this church to try to give you their evenings, but there's a reason for it. You know what evening time is? It's reunion time. We live in an era where dad goes off to work and mother goes off to work and kids go off to school. So what's the reunion? The dinner table. You've heard this said for almost 50 years now in this pulpit. Dinner is the place to raise 
a family. You have KMBBC or some CD like that going, playing quiet music in the background. You have a meal every night. I love Tony Hudson. Mother calls what he said. Mother calls, dinner time. The kids head to the car. Where are we eating tonight? That's not dinner time. Dinner's a table. God bless you, ladies. How in the world, I'll tell you, how in the world you do this, I don't have any idea. How in the world you keep the house up and the laundry up and, and the food up and the raising the kids up and sending off to school and the homework up, how you keep it all up. And man, I hope you help with some of that along the way too. How you do all that, work a job and, and in traffic and many of you work nights. Uh, you, you work all day long and then you folks that are in computers, you start up again about eight or nine o'clock at night for overseas for all these other countries that are about 16 hours, uh, 15 hours ahead of us, 12 hours, 15 hours, 16 hours. And you're on the phone for several hours, on the computer for several hours. I understand it. We're in a busy, busy moment. Daniel says, we're going to and fro in the last days. Dad, there's something about you leading your family at a dinner table. Well, mother, honey, wife, looks like you made another wonderful meal. It's all about training. And you have prayer together. He said, well, kids, let's, as we're eating, let's talk. You never talk negative. You never tattle on one another. You never become narcissistic when you're mad at your wife and say, Johnny, tell your mother I'd like to get the, the butter. You don't use a go-between. You're creating an atmosphere of tension. Say, tell me about school today, kids, and what, what you gathered. What, what, what are some good things that you learned today? What are some good experiences Mama, you're next. Tell me, tell, tell us what, what, what you experienced today as you're eating your meal together. Mother might say, Dad, tell the kids what you did today. And, and you never bring negativity and tattling. You bring a calming. You know, evening, evening's always when you calm things down. And you bring people, the family, and there's a reunion. And I know there's been weeks that's different, but would you go back and review this week? And I know Monday night, soul winning, and, and groups are out. I know that, but the average week, what's Monday night? What's Tuesday night? What's Wednesday night? What's Thursday night? What's Friday night? What's Saturday night? And then all of that, if we're not careful, we go from one experience to, what are you doing tonight? Staying home. Amen? Having a family meal. You see, that family reunion for me was such a special time. Because I grew up over here in a little town, Centerville. I was in college before I ever heard the word mall because there were no malls. This area had no malls, zero malls. Eastridge was the first. My cousin's husband was one of the first ones, and he's much older than I am. He's retired. He uh, was one of the first ones in America to be drawing these malls for people. And I said, what does that mean? They said, all the stores, you go inside. I, I never knew of a mall. Never heard of it. No one else did because we didn't have malls. And, and we didn't have amusement parks here either. We didn't have Great America. In 1955, we got... 400 some miles away from us, a place called Disneyland. 
where you're not going down there. I know now every other weekend we're there, but, but we're not running down to Disneyland. You know, we didn't have, we had the hardware store, Dale Hardware, and, and we had Lucky's Food Store, but basically five, six, or seven o'clock at night, they were closed. The banks were open from nine to five every day, Monday through Friday only. No ATM machines. You know, you had to plan your life and you calmed your life and you restored your life. We had, a, we had no, McDonald's wasn't in here yet. Burger King wasn't here. Carl's Jr. wasn't here. Subway wasn't here. Arby's wasn't here. Whatever they're all called. I mean, I'm talking about, they, they weren't here. We had one called Bobo's. Six hamburgers for a buck. Mother didn't like that food for us all the time. May I tell you something? Evening, they gathered together to continue the resurrection. They, they're still talking about he arose. I can't get over it. Just a Sunday morning, one and done doesn't get it. I'm still talking about it Sunday night, same night, at evening, at even time. It's a reunion time for your family. It's a ready time for tomorrow. You get your books lined up. You get your lunches lined up. You get your clothes lined up. It's a regrouping time. It's a reunion time. It's a ready time. It's a relaxing time. It's a rest time. You go to bed. It's a renewing time. Would you turn with me to Psalm 55 in closing tonight? And internet friends, don't get ready to shut it off because that's just a buzzword to give you hope. Psalm 55. You, you tell me according to this verse when your day begins. And your day does not begin in the morning. God made that very clear in chapter 1. Six times he said six days, evening and morning. I'd like you to read Psalm 55, verse number 17, please. So we talk about the culture of your marriage, your home, your family, and this church. Verse 17, ready, begin. Evening and morning and at noon. Your day always begins in the evening. Your day does not begin in the morning. It begins in the evening. And if you want to be your best in the morning, you're going to have to do the right things in the evening. You're going to have to rest your mind and rest your body and renew your spirit and renew your heart and pray and thank God for the day and tuck the children in bed. You know that doctors tell us that that high school stu students still need uh, 11, a, a ten, I think it's a 9, 10, or 11 hours of sleep a night. Their bodies are still young and they're still, and, and this thing of getting up and well, let's, let's, let's get it, let's get in the fast lane, let's run by, let's run by Starbucks, get that caffeine in you. And they got there at 7 o'clock in the morning, their frappuccinos or whatever they're all called and all the sweet stuff. 
But really, in reality, your day should have begun at night where you calmed your children through singing. And then you calmed your children by tucking them in bed. And you calmed your children to get into bed early. So that early in the morning, Brother Galvan, you taught us that song for elementary, a couple of years. Early in the morning, little children pray. And again at noontime, and the break of, and the end of day. I wonder, maybe we could develop a culture around here. I know we have activities, and we have parties, and we have events, and they're fun, and we we stay up late, and we're having a good time. I understand that. I'm not an old prude. But I think the basic culture should be that we don't wear ourselves out till late in the night and then get up and have to depend on caffeine to get us moving through the day. Because your day begins at evening. I grew up such a wonderful time in America's history. Television had just come out. Three stations, black and white, ABC, NBC, CBS. That was it. That was just it. And it went off at the air, I think at 11 o'clock every night, from 11 to about, I don't know when it was, 5, 6, 7. You, you just saw a circle on your TV go around and around like a clock. There was no TV at night. My folks weren't very big on the TV. Oh, they'd let us watch the real McCoys. You don't even know what the real McCoys are anymore, but we got to see it. And in 1958, the number one program for the next nine years was the Donna Reed Show. And we got to see Donna Reed on Thursday nights. Now, I'll tell you what, my dad's in heaven, so unless he's listening, he doesn't know how badly I failed. He, he never let us watch I Love Lucy. He said, she's always lying to him, and he's always lying to her. I don't like that. But my dad's in heaven now. I like that I love Lucy at the chocolate factory. <laughs> Boy, I see so many of you dear ladies right there, right there, right there. I see my, wouldn't that be something to die for? That conveyor belt coming, dark chocolate coming through, and just stuffing it in, just stuffing it in, putting it in your shirt, putting your pockets. Oh, that's a good one right there. My dad said, no, we don't want to watch a lot of that. I heard of this program called The Honeymooners. No, 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 no. He'd raise his fist at his wife. To the moon, Alice! Well, I think my precious wife has felt like doing that sometimes to me. But he goes, no man should ever treat a woman like that. To the moon, Al, uh, Al, I've watched some. Don't tell my dad. I like that guy that worked in the sewer. Not Al Crampton. Al. What's, I'm not trying to, what, what's his name? I can, Art, no. What was that guy's name? Worked in the sewer. You're acting like, well, I don't know anything like this. Ah. Uh, uh, well, that guy was a funny guy. He's a nut. I see something, well, never mind. Years ago, and I'm not going to play it for you, but 13 years ago, we stopped on the radio program. We had um, 
midnight moments. I'd close the day every day with you, and they'd play a song. And now the day is over, they'd play that song. Uh, and, and then I'd talk to you about, it's been a good day today. It's been a wonderful day today. And I want to leave you this verse, and they'd play that music. I think it was maybe three minutes. And they'd play that. It was pre-recorded. And I'd talk about, I could never lie and say how great the day, because, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be a great day. But I could say, here's a verse maybe you could think about tomorrow taking with you. And I'd always have prayer. And it was called Midnight Moments. I know there are going to be interruptions. But to me, it's such an amazing fact. The resurrection is just not Easter bonnets and beautiful dresses on Sunday morning. They said, let's go back Sunday night. And though you may not see a lot of that, you'll see a lot of the word, I looked it up, evening and even in the Bible. God has a lot to say about evening. The only one you saw really that had activity at evening was Jesus. He went to the mountain to pray. He said, I've got to get alone. He went somewhere else to get alone at the evening time. I went to a garden. But evening time is to calm your house and your life and your heart down so that you don't go to work getting ready to go. And you don't go to school getting ready. You're ready. I grew up in a wonderful time. Let's stand together, please. A wonderful time. We'd get home from school. And I can remember folding those papers for the Oakland Tribune and delivering my papers. Really didn't take that long, maybe an hour, hour and a half, seven days a week. And then my dad wasn't home yet. We didn't have parks. We have parks everywhere now, every neighborhood. We didn't have parks. We had the street. And we'd play ball in the street till dinner. My parents didn't want us to come home from school, for our parents, they didn't want us to come home from school and do homework. They wanted us to come home from school and, and play and do something. I can remember playing baseball, especially in the street. I can remember our neighbor's windows. From time to time, they just automatically disappeared with the ball. And then there was always dinner. And I mean, we always, every night had dinner. Sometimes dad was on a, uh, down in King City and trying to make it back and he didn't get it back or down in Salinas with his customers couldn't get back on time. But almost every night he got back. After dinner and cleaned up, mother said, okay, it's homework time. We did our homework and my dad always pulled out a briefcase. I'll never forget it. it, it he bought it from a doctor, a medical doctor who had passed away. It was a second hand but he, he didn't have a briefcase, so he used that medical bag. And he had a calendar and his appointment account. And he made, he made his map out for the next day. Now, all the different businesses he was going to stop by and check. And his route, he all lined it up. We finished our homework. And then he said, okay, it's Bible time. And we'd read the Bible. He bought a piano, 
an organ for my sisters and a trumpet for me. I played my trumpet and the girls played the organ and the piano. And we'd sing. They would sing. Mom and dad would sing. And then they'd read from the daily bread. My mom would read the scripture. My dad would read the story or vice versa. And then we'd have prayer. It's bedtime, kids. And we went to bed early. Such a wonderful, wonderful thing growing up in a home like that. I want that for you. I want that for you. I want that culture to be part of our life. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.